This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. Very, very subdued uh, intro <laughs> yeah. there, but but appropriate it's, for this movie. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. Um, all right, this week we're talking about Chinatown. Forget it, Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Show's done. All right. <laughs> 1974, directed by Roman Polanski, written Boo. by Robert Town. Starring Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, John Huston, and others. Uh, Perry Lopez. I don't know who the other people are, but you know <laughs> the big ones. Lopez. Hey, Lopez. Um, all right. Well, this is Scott's pick. Uh, what's your history with this movie before we get into it? So th- this is one of those uh, those movies that pops up in any of the, the top movie lists, classic movie lists. Uh, I... It, as far as me watching it, um, yeah, I think I just sought it out on my own. Uh, I think on probably cable or something like that. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it on a, a DVD, as it were. Um, and, and then just one thing, just to get it out of the way, I thought about not mentioning it, but, uh, you know, we, we I, I, since I was the one that brought up the whole thing a couple weeks ago about uh, uh, James Gunn, uh, it's worth mentioning that... Uh, yeah, the, what Roman Flansky did is despicable, and he's <laughs> he fled the country. Uh, all that said, that whole thing separating the art from the artist, uh, you know, we did Braveheart a while back. Not not quite the same thing, um, but, you know, it, it is what it is as far as the, the movie being a, a classic piece of cinema. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that real quick. Um, you know, no, no real opinion on... Um, on whether, you know, people should be watching this or not. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and give our, our list for this. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically it. I, I watched it, uh, well, on my if own. you're going to watch it, certainly don't pay money for it. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. All right. I mean, I kind of, the way Scott said, I sought it out after, you know, everyone keeps talking about it. I went through a phase where I was watching a bunch of these movies. I think I saw it like on Netflix, but like, you know, shipping the disc, to your doorstep Netflix back in the day. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah. And I've, I've seen it two other times before we did it this week. And um, it's one of those movies that I, I enjoy, but I never re- – doesn't retain with me. Like, I know the big plot points, but a lot of the stuff I'm still watching, I'm like, oh, it was him? Oh, it was her? I, f- I forget. It doesn't stick with me, but I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. And and also, uh, it's worth mentioning that this actually – this movie dovetails in nicely with uh, Empire Strikes Back for, for- – for one particular reason, we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Jack Darth Nicholson Vader. gets his hand cut off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Alex, what's your history with it? Uh, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, we started talking about doing an episode on Chinatown, but I've always heard of it. And I know that one of my old roommates, Colin, really wanted to get the soundtrack for this, but it's incredibly rare. It's like one of the rarest soundtracks uh, at least on vinyl to get. Hmm. Maybe even CD. Yeah, maybe even CD also. But yeah, I, I guess they 
didn't do that many um, pressings or discs or whatever for, I don't know, whatever reason. But, yeah, it's rare. All right. Well, let's jump into it. As usual, we each pick up seven items we want to talk about about this movie. So, uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off here? What's your number seven? Okay. Uh, number seven is the, the fantastic setting. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before when we did um, LA Confidential and uh, to a lesser extent some other movies that, that we've gone over, but the, the whole LA noir thing, uh, no reference to the video game, although the video game does fall into that, but that uh, that kind of hard-boiled P.I. Uh, in in a uh, early, turn not turn of the century Los Angeles, but kind of pre-50s, uh, Los Angeles is, is a fantastic setting, um, and they, for for a movie that took place in the seventies, they did a fantastic job uh, making it look like it was taking place in the thirties. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just I, I love the whole setting. Um, it feels like Los Angeles. They they don't go out of their way too much to to, to show any real landmarks, uh, but you know, just as they're driving through neighborhoods and uh, all the the interior shots. For all these buildings, uh, there's there's always fans, and <laughs> you can tell it's hot. Uh, they they did a, a great job with this, and uh, yeah, I, again, this is one of my favorite settings. So yeah, that's my number seven. Yep, I have a little more about to say this later. But as far as landmarks, I mean, the only one that stood out to me really was the Catalina Island one, which yeah, I thought that was weird. Be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, are they supposed to be in Catalina? Because I don't think so. <laughs> which really isn't Los Angeles. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Is it part of? It's not. It's a separate thing. It's right? uh, Avalon, right? Yeah, Avalon. yeah, yeah. It's its own thing. I think it's. It might be part of the county, actually. Oh. I, it's actually but, really weird. Uh, just to get really boring here, real quick. My uh, my congressional district includes Avalon. It includes Catalina for some some reason. It's uh, funny. Yeah, that was like the first la- the big landmark that like just stood out to me. I was like, "Wait, oh, I don't know." All right, um, I'll go number uh, next. Um, my number seven. It's just a little too much uh, woman beating in this movie for me. Yeah, yeah. The the, it, it's the times, I guess. But yeah, so <laughs> the the whole scene uh, toward the end is <laughs> it, it's it's silly, but yeah, it's ridiculous. But then the the scene when he gets to the door and you can see that the the wife has been yeah. that and that I felt like that was supposed to be like some kind of punchline no no pun intended um, <laughs> uh, but yeah that part made me cringe even more than the whole Nicholson fake uh, because yeah. because it's like oh we're supposed to think this is funny like I don't understand like how we were how, how we were supposed to feel about that and yeah just in general the the women in this movie are all just basically there to be abused. Yeah. yeah, where you set it all for me. So, Alex, number sorry, seven. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, this is the only thing that I thought was terrible from a technical, you know, acting standpoint. Is, spoiler alert, at the very end, uh, Faye Dunaway is getting in the car. She pulls out a gun on her old man, and she shoots. And then he just goes, Ugh. Like, he doesn't make a noise or anything. He just, uh, he just stands there. Did he actually get shot? Yeah, he got... He got grazed. Cause you can't, you can't tell, and it was just like, oh, there's like hardly any reaction from him. Like the acting and everything has been top notch throughout the whole film, except for that point. I was like, are you? Come on, man. 
That kind of took me out of the movie for a little bit. Really? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> you didn't go like, oh, shit, I've been, what, you shot me. Nothing. His whole, <laughs> his whole character had these weird mannerisms and way of speaking and... As Eddie yeah. Murphy would say, you're supposed to say, motherfucker, every time you get shot. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Terrible. So, it's going to come up eventually. What else is that guy from? John Houston? Yeah. Uh, he did, uh, what was that? Pretty in Pink and uh, Breakfast Club. And, what? Uh, what? Are, you, what are, are, you, are you joking, Alex? <laughs> Okay, I couldn't. You, you were too deadpan there. I couldn't tell if you were being serious or not. <laughs> uh, so he, he was actually a, a, a very prolific director. Um, did a lot of stuff with John Wayne, um, but but as an actor, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I actually looked it up earlier and I can't remember uh, him as an actor. But yeah, was, he did. He did a lot of both. I, at first, I thought he was the guy from um, the Naked Gun movies, like his oh, the partner. Yeah, his uh, partner, uh, uh, Kennedy. Uh, what's his first name? Yeah, it's, yeah, I know it's not him, but that's who he reminded me of. Um, hey, in the Hobbit TV movie, he played Gandalf the Grey. Yes, I actually have that in my notes now that I look at it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right, well, Scott, Scott number six. Okay. So uh, again, Jeff, sorry for stealing your whole thunder about no, the about, about the abuse. But anyways, uh, so yeah, my number six is is John Houston, and in parentheses I have Gandalf. Uh, but yeah, he's just such a like a weirdly like, a weird character, but it was still kind of understated. Um, where he had this kind of hokey menace about him. Uh, and he, he kind of had that, that kind of, he has that old school, like, <laughs> like you, you would see him in a picture playing football with a leather helmet kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I thought he was, he was really good in this, uh, uh, and, you know, he, he, his, in his character too, where he, he basically comes out and says he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. <laughs> Uh, you know, just interesting. Yeah. No, no excuses at the end there, and just taking what he wants. Um, that said, it is super fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that, that John John Houston was really good here, um, despite being like this old man walking around with a cane, like kind of menace he was able to produce. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right, uh, my number six. This is just a. Little... <laughs> A funny moment, just it's not supposed to be funny, is when he's driving on the orange groves and he gets you know, surrounded by the farmers and they start beating the shit out of him. And at one point, the guy with the crutch is actually trying to hit him, but he hits his own guy yeah. and they just beat the shit out of him. I just I enjoyed it. Like it was in the chase and this, those cars, old school cars, don't work too well in the dirt and him. Uh, Taking that beating, and they finally let him go, and then he calls him dumb Okies, and then <laughs> knock him out. Kicks one guy in the balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That guy was that guy was wandering around moaning for a while. That took me out a little bit, because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it really does hurt that much, ladies. 
if there's any that listen to this podcast. I don't think there is. It may take uh, ten seconds, but when it hits, yeah, it hits. there's there's always. Oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. There's that always. Oh, maybe it's not going to hurt after all. Yeah, <laughs> then it always does. So that's my number six, the beating that Jack Nicholson takes from the, the farmers. Um, all right, uh, Alex, number six. Speaking of Jack Nicholson getting maimed, I put this down on my list because, I mean, it's an awesome scene, but it, oh, it's hard to watch. And I've seen this parodied before, and I finally, you know, found out where it was from, but he was snooping around the dam, and then it, that was um, Polanski, right? Wait, what? The guy with the knife? When that's he's at... I don't know if that was him. It said credits him as a guy with knife. So yeah, that was him. The guy that keeps saying, "Hey, kitty cat." Yeah, I kept waiting for that guy to get his comeuppance, and he never did. I know, stupid movie. <laughs> but yeah, hey, you know what happens to nosy guys, huh? You know what happens to nosy guys' nose, huh? They lose them. Ugh, and he swipes his nostril. There's blood everywhere. Oh, that was. Ugh. I dread having to trim my nose hairs for Pete's sake. <laughs> And that thing, jeez, he almost really did lose his nose. Yeah, I thought it was cool. This, yeah. uh, just, this is my number five, actually. So. It's actually a really good effect, too. Like, yeah. It looks like he's actually getting cut there. Probably good <laughs> method actor. Yeah. yeah. And I like the fact that, yeah, he just had this nose band. And, like, I, I think it's supposed to show a little progress in time. Like, it just goes from a big bandage to a small bandage to no bandage. And Scott, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah, a good yeah. little device to show some time has passed. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like with the Godfather and Michael's black eye or jaw being bruised. I like that. Um, all right, uh, Scott, number five. Okay, my number five uh, is that. Uh, so it had been a very long time since I'd seen this, and I, I was kind of impressed. The it, I mean, <laughs> you'd see how somebody might think it was boring, but. Uh, this is a fully fleshed out uh, detective story. Like, yeah. basically, all the pieces come together and fall into place. There's no like big leaps or just few places of exposition. Like the entire movie is him putting together like everything. Um, some of it is granted to him through through circumstances, but uh, yeah, it's just the beginning and end is like here's everything that. That happened in, on his on his way to figuring everything out, or at least uh, being a part of the the reveal, as it were. Uh, it's just interesting that that doesn't really happen anymore. Um, I'm I'm no uh, student of older detective movies, so I'm not sure how those play out really. Um, was that your minor? N- no that that was in uh, barbarian movies. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool that like this this was it. This is like almost like those shitty procedurals nowadays, <laughs> but without all the special effects, it's actually like real, de- hey. like it's it's like real detective work. Like, uh, and they yeah. a couple times they used a couple of tricks which kind of neat, like with the the stopwatch or not the stopwatch, yeah. the, the pocket watch. Yeah. I thought that was that really was cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, just mm-hmm. like very old school kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. This is it. Like, there's not really much more plot to resolve by the end of the movie. Um, you know, basically the only thing still like, like you really don't know like what happened to him in the past when he was a police officer. He kind of hints at it, but um, other than that, like the rest of the plot gets pretty much fully resolved. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, so that pocket watch, what if the guy would have drove the other way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, if he's so smart, why did he put it under the, the side of the street where he could see it? He should have put it under the other wheel. <laughs> yeah, that was something I completely forgot about. I was like, what the fuck is he? I, I looked at my mind. I was like, is he going to try to like, scam somebody? Like, this is an old timepiece or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. I forgot about that. It's clever. But then he put it under his back wheel. I'm like, well, what if you would have drove forward? Hmm. Um, all right. Mm. I don't know whose turn is it. Mine? Uh, yes. Could, yes. Yeah, I switch. My number five was the nose cut scene, which we already talked about. So, Alex, number five. Number five is a little... It was a, a bit of a humor scene, but when something was kind of fucked up that was going on. When Jack Nicholson, which is another old school thing, when he went out after they slept together, he went out to the car and he busted her taillight. He's like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, so it's easier to tailor at night so he knows which car to follow. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was clever. He follows her over to the house, and that's where the girl is and everything. And then she's in the car. Well, Jack, Jack Nicholson, the creeper, is in the back seat. And then Faye Dunaway's character is like kind of breaking down, telling him that it's um, her sister and everything. And she does this thing where... She just like she's so distraught that she f- bangs her head on the car horn and then it honks and it startles her, which is a little bit funny, but it's also like a really good, uh, a little tiny clever f- moment of foreshadowing from the end. Yeah, which kind of hit me. I was like, oh shit, that scene's oh. not so funny anymore. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Nice. All right, Scott, number four. All right, so number four, uh, <laughs> it's kind of twofold here. Uh, so part of this goes back to what Jeff, saying, Jeff was saying about the uh, the female abuse in this, uh, but the basically the the twist, and then that that scene almost ruins it with the <laughs> the him slapping her around for it was it was too much. It was overdone. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then she's like fine afterwards. Like, she's like getting thrown around by those slaps. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah, those were hard hits. I think that's what, or at least the sound effect. Was. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, something about it was like ugh. Um, but the the twist, and this is what I was referring to with the whole Empire Strikes Back thing. Uh, you know, this this wasn't uh, spoiler culture just yet, um, but it is a, a rather large uh, plot twist as the whole time. Um, he, Jack Nicholson's character has thought that he was dealing with uh, some like real estate fraud and um, just uh, jealous spouses, um, and it turned out to be so much bigger and worse than all that. Um, but yeah, that that whole scene, uh, and then it it is a little overwrought with the the again mixed in with the slapping, just makes it a little harder to take it seriously. Um, you know the she's my sister, sister she's my daughter, daughter. sister yeah. daughter like yeah it, 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 it almost a scene out of airplane yeah yeah when it's, they're shaking and slapping them you know for, for a movie that's like so solidly filmed uh like this, this is one of the few i think missteps um in in hindsight uh it, it could have handled could have been handled much more uh seriously uh and then too, like 
we're supposed to be cool. Like even in the seventies, people were supposed to be cool with him slapping her around like that. Just because he wanted to know something, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, I, yeah, it's maybe just it's just out of time now. We're maybe it was. I, I mean, I mean, if that, that was the intention. Like, even I can't. It, it just it's hard for me to fathom. Like you know, uh, but anyways, yeah. The, the the twist is great. How they handle the twist <laughs> uh, t- takes it away f- takes away from it, which is unfortunate. Um, and again, this is one of the, the the few missteps in this movie, which is very meticulously like shot and and staged. And yeah, it just I, I still don't understand like well, this is what Polanski wanted at the end of the day. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, what's the, what's what's the name of the guy that was the producer uh, uh, that's famous for just being a massive cokehead? Uh, De Laurentiis. No, uh, Robert uh, Duvall. I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, yeah. Ching. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Time's you know, up. It's maybe producers wanted them to have a little more action or something. You know, like okay, well, we'll throw in the scene where this poor woman gets slapped around. I, I don't, I don't get it. But, uh, anyways, uh, yep, that's my my number four. All right, uh, my number four is I like the theme about the water. Just it's part of LA's history, and mm-hmm. everyone knows we don't have our own, and we take it from other people. <laughs> so. Uh, I like that, and, and uh, it's it's a nice backdrop for the story. Um, Jesus, eighty years later, <laughs> we still don't have water. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't really change our uh, geography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's geography. So, got to keep doing it. Um, but I, I just like that theme. Theme of the movie, just it's just cool. It's interesting. Whenever uh, we, I remember whenever I drive with my dad, and we see the aqueduct. He's always talking about it and stuff. So something that's always kind of. In my head, <laughs> we don't have water. We're a desert. We get it from other places. Yeah, and the, and the yeah, like around that time period and before that, like L.A. did basically what, what John Houston's character was trying to do. Uh, no cross it was basically devour land into the county uh, so that they could get water. Like um, it's like where uh, if if you go outside of uh, Mammoth, if you go north, where it's just like the Badlands, like that was L.A. County for a long time. Even though it was nowhere near LA, just because they wanted it for the water rights. Hmm. And when they're talking, so my LA geography isn't that good. When they're talking about like West Valley and stuff, what are they talking about? Like the San Fernando Valley or <sighs> Ventura? Like I don't really. You guys know? Like yeah, I was I was trying to figure that out too because like when he's out there, it looked all pretty flat. Like that the valley was pretty hilly. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but that could also be Hollywood. They don't need to be exact. Yeah, right. that's true. Right. I mean, technically, the whole the whole thing's a valley. Like all. Right. <laughs> well, we are talking about a hill valley. Oh, <laughs> maybe. All right. Well, people who don't live here don't care. So let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Alex. <laughs> number My number four. four. I thought this was uh, pretty cool, mostly because I forgot about it. At the beginning of the movie where he goes visits uh, Faye Dunaway in the big mansion and everything, he spots something glinting in the pond. And he tries to go get it, but then Faye Dunaway comes up and then he drops, you know, the tongs or whatever he was going to fish it out of the pond with. And at the moment, I'm like, okay, this is going to play later. But then I completely forgot about it when he goes back to the house at the very end of the movie. (laughs) 
and he's just looking around, and as he's looking around, and he and he and he uh, sees the uh, groundskeeper go, "Oh, it's bad for the grass." He's like, "Oh shit, the thing in the pond!" And then it all you know clicks right after that that the pond actually has salt water, and then after that, he uh, Jake also remembers the thing in there, and he picks it up, and it's uh, what was the murdered guy's name again? Cross. No, no, uh, no. Hollis Mulray. Yeah, Mulray. They said the murder guy. Well, the, no, the murdered guy. Okay, the victim. Yeah, okay. yeah the victim. Mulray's uh, glasses were in the pond, and that's where he got drowned. That's how he got salt water in his lungs. Uh, that was just so cool. Such a detective movie thing to do. That that said, Alex, I did think it was pretty lame that the the reason that he didn't catch on to that was just because of a stereotypical pronunciation of of grass by a Japanese dude. Yeah, well, (laughs) it was the the style at the time. But he just kept saying bad for grass. He didn't say why it was bad. He didn't say what was bad for grass. Well, no, he kept saying glass. I know. He was making fun of the way he said grass, but it's not like he he gave a reason why it was bad for grass. Yeah. Well, probably why he didn't take him, also why he didn't take him seriously. Right. that much. Like it wasn't like he was saying salt water and he didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, he was, yeah, saying, yeah. He was just making fun of grass. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. All right, um, but yeah, those were Cross's glasses in the end. That was not part of the twist that he thought it was the right, victims, right. But it was the murderers. Because mm. um, the bifocal thing. All right, uh, uh, Scott, number three. Oh, and yeah. it's another note about the bi- the bifocal thing is when they're when he's eating dinner with him at the Apple Core Club. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Houston, like says something about him. he lost his glasses or whatever, and he has a hard time reading. Mm. Ah, I missed that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my my number three uh, is is Faye Dunaway. Uh, she was a great performance here. I'm just kind of channeling that, that almost transatlantic kind of fast way of speaking, like <laughs> you know the the, mm. the that early. Uh, Los Angeles kind of vibe that the movie star um, look. I wish LA had that as an accent. We always say we have no accents. <laughs> what if we always talk like this? I <laughs> that would be fantastic. Not quite that, but you know what I'm getting at. Uh, if somehow the transatlantic accent had been transported to the West Coast, yes. Yeah, like, that's what I'm getting at. Like that, that Hollywood, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she... She's great here, um, uh, keeping up with with Jack Nicholson's character as far as uh, the wit there, um, and she goes through turns of being um, very self possessed and confident to to uh, panic to um, uh, to to anger. Uh, she she, she uh, excuse me. She uh, just runs the gamut here of, of everything. Um, and, and it's to her credit because even more so to her credit, uh, that, yeah, she's basically in the movie to just, again, like we said before, to be abused. <laughs> she's very little agency. Um, and when she tries to do it, like Jack Nelson's character come and fucks everything up. Uh, so, but anyways, I, I did think she was great in this. Uh, I didn't look up, uh, nominations for this. I'll do that in a second, but I w- would be surprised if she was not nominated for this. Uh, but, uh, anyways, yeah, Faye Dunaway as Mrs. Moray, uh, is 
uh, Nicholson keeps calling her throughout the entire movie. Very good. All right. Yeah, she was good. All right. Um, my number three is the ending. Uh, the very end, just so so uh, so good and sad. Just uh, okay. there it is. <laughs> That's higher on my list. <laughs> just yeah, but, it's yeah. fucked up. I guess yeah. fucked up ending more than anything. Not even sad. Just yeah. Forget the forget the line. Just what happens. Ugh. Won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. Some people may have it. You know, there's a. I will. At the end, when it's my forty-five turn. year uh, late, but go for it. Um, yeah, that's my number three. As uh, Alex, number three. My number three is uh, we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but it's this movie is just a great mystery from beginning. It's always entertaining. Whatever uh, the detective Jake is uh, uncovering and stuff, you're putting the pieces together as he's putting them together. Also. It's not one of those things where the audience knows more than the main character. You're going along for the ride every step of the way with him. And it's just great. It's intriguing from beginning to end. I 100% agree. Maybe a little higher on my list. Mm. (laughs) I think we probably have swapped here. All right, uh, Alex. I mean, Scott, number two. Yep. All right, so uh, just getting real quick on the nominees. So... In the, the 75, 1975 Academy Awards, uh, it was basically nominated for almost everything. Um, best best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. Uh, the only thing, uh, Best Score, Jerry Goldsmith, as Alex mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, the only thing it won for was Best Screenplay uh, by Robert Town. Uh, so. Send? Nope, just Town. Oh. That'd be amazing if that was the same guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyways, number two, uh, moving along from from Faye Dunaway is Jack Nicholson. Uh, this is a, a fantastic performance from him as as Jake Gittis. And I, by the way, honorable mention to the to the way that John Houston always calls him Gits. <laughs> yeah. He corrects him once, and then he just goes right back to saying Gits. Yeah, because he doesn't give a fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic performance by jack uh you know un- understated for you know it, this is before jack nicholson basically played jack nicholson every, every time he mm-hmm. uh did a movie uh but yeah there's this uh this intelligence there um this uh toughness but there's also this undercurrent of 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 sleaze and uh <laughs> of, of being rather crude he's constantly like stopping himself from, from saying things in front of uh, fate dunaway's character um, and there's just a lot of great little character beats, like the very beginning with with Polly, <laughs> uh, where when he goes to give him the liquor and he he reaches from the bottom shelf. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, to basically to give him like the cheap the cheap stuff. Um, it's the way he he the way he dresses well. Um, the, the way he's constantly, you know, maybe it's more about the time period, but everybody's in the suits and the hats all the whole time. Um, so Jack Nicholson in the fedora, you got to think of uh, Jack Napier, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he <had practice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he practice. Yeah, was channeling uh, his Jake there. Um, and then just kind of his irreverency anytime there was any authority around him. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a it was great character, um, and, and he really has to carry the movie because I, I don't. Is there a scene where he's not in it? 
I mean, sometimes he won't be in the in the frame, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think he's in basically every sequence. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of one. Yeah. So, uh, yep, uh, one of one of Jack's best performances here. I agree. I think like us as uh, I could speak for myself. I kind of discovered him with Batman. And so I saw all his stuff. You know, I grew up with the stuff kind of after that. But yeah, if you go back and see his earlier stuff like this and The Shining and Easy Rider and stuff like that, it's a two totally different. It's kind of like Al Pacino and De Niro. Like they have this moment where oh, I've made it. I've yeah. coked out. Let me just take oh. paychecks for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, my number two is I think was Scott's number seven. Just I love old L.A. It's something that uh, you love it. I do. As I've gotten old, I never, I guess, I never appreciated it or didn't care because you know we technically don't live in L.A., so fuck L.A. But at the same time, as <laughs> yeah. I'm it is older, a shithole. <laughs> as I'm getting older, though, I'm starting to appreciate the history. Like when we were just there recently for Hollywood in Hollywood, I like seeing some of that stuff. Although this time we didn't do much, but like when we go to the old hotels and stuff. I really like that. And There's so I love historic it. dirty Spider Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always forget how fucking dirty Hollywood Boulevard is, by the way. <laughs> oh, I don't. It's fucking yeah. filthy every time we go. But Awful. I still like it. But, like, not just Hollywood, just all of L.A. Like, there's so much of it I haven't seen. Like, it's we, talk, we talked about this. Like, when you are live in your own city, near your city, you don't see as much stuff. Like, when I go to New York and go to the Statue of Liberty, people will be like, oh, I've lived here my whole life, never been there. It's kind I of see same. it every day. <laughs> yeah. Across the water, yeah. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I just love any any of its old LA, new LA. I just love movies when they do that because it's believe it or not, it's not that common in movies. Considering Hollywood is here, I, I it's more than a lot of cities, but like it's pales in comparison to like New York and stuff like that. And yeah, so I always dig it. And uh, old LA, it's good LA. All right, uh, Alex, number two. Uh, my number two is also Jack Nicholson and his performance as uh, Detective Jake. Giddies. Gits. Uh, Scott said it all. Except for this one, the one little trick where he took the business card of uh, Higgins. Mulray's partner. Yeah, Higgins' business card. <laughs> and he goes, oh, sir, he goes up to the dam and the police officer is like, oh, this is closed for official thing. Oh, no, I'm so-and-so. And he hands him the business card. <laughs> officer, just go right in, sir. <laughs> There's no fancy, like, finger fingerprint machine to bring up his true identity or whatever no modern bullshit <laughs> just a business card that's my id yeah. like, okay. i mean look at their ids to begin with when he was uh going through that guy's wallet there was like <laughs> yeah, nothing with a picture on it, it was social security card and your horse license i don't even know what the fuck <laughs> this shit was <laughs> horse license <laughs> ready a horse and buggy yep <laughs> There was nothing with pictures on it, so it was easy to say who you are. Just, yeah, I got this card. This is confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, nice. Uh, Scott, number one. Number one. Uh, before we get, get to my number one, uh, just talk a little bit more about uh, the, the setting again, Jeff. The, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so I, I wonder if the, if the reason I, I, I dig the setting so much, at least for the detective noir and stuff like that, is... Um, just kind of the the juxtaposition between how how LA is bright and sunny, but there's all this dark shit going on, as opposed to if you were in Chicago or New York, where you just have these looming buildings and it is 
it lends itself to to Gotham, like goth kind of thing. Anyway, uh, so my number one, as you guys have already said, uh, I forget which one of you, uh, spoilers, uh, the the ending that uh, it is is not a happy ending. uh, (laughs) Nope. But it it basically does come to its logical conclusion. Uh, If you've been following the whole movie, uh, Faye Dunaway's character, like, warns him that uh, her father is way more dangerous than, than he knows. Um, and yeah, he's a super rich guy uh, in in early Los Angeles, so he could basically do whatever he wanted. Uh, Back when Whitey controlled everything. Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That no lo- that that's time. no longer the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just can complete, uh, you know, basically what would have happened. It makes sense. Uh you know, and then it's kind of that fluke shot at the end, but, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, a horrible ending, like, they, <laughs> or, I mean, what happens is horrible, uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it, it just kind of, yeah, the movie ends and just kind of just sits in your craw, like, uh, like, that, that didn't feel good, <laughs> uh, I, I did also like the, the old school movie credits, yeah, yeah. So uh, an homage to the kind of the older Hollywood, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the 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 ending with the that that it wasn't the mega happy ending. Uh, I always appreciate when when that when it's done without the pure uh, motivation to s- uh, subvert expectations. Uh, all uh, Last Jedi or whatever. Here it makes sense. So that's my number one. Yep. All right. Uh, my number two is, which you guys have both have already mentioned, but just Jack Nicholson in general. Awesome performance. Um, like you said, he's in every scene. He's just, he's Jack. I can see why he became one of the best. I don't know. How many Oscars has he won? Only a couple though, right? I can look that up. Anyway, um, Jack Nicholson, his whole portrayal of uh, Jake is awesome. Jack, Jake gets. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you guys have already said enough, so that's my number one. Alex? Uh, my number one is, uh, yeah, the ending. Just the inevitability of it just comes crashing down at the very end. Especially when, you know, I've always known that line, you know, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown, not refer, not knowing what it referred to, and then after seeing the ending, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Also, throughout the whole movie, I was like, when are they going to get the Chinatown? <laughs> I mean, not really, but uh, it kind of felt that way. And, and I, you know, it was on purpose because finally when he mentions, okay, go to Chinatown, go to this, it's like, oh, shit, this thing is coming to a head and shit is going to go down in Chinatown. Yeah. That, that kind of reminds me of when I watched Gone with the Wind first and only time I'll ever watch that movie and like I know it's frankly my dear don't give it and then it's the fucking last line of the movie god damn it that thing's like eight hours long fuck you (laughs) (laughs) sorry rant rant over Mm -hmm. yeah fuck you all people are no longer alive (laughs) and fuck Atlanta I'm glad you burned I'm just kidding I had nothing against Atlanta so how did uh, Jake's old uh, (laughs) cop buddy the one that he worked in Chinatown with, how did he get ahead of him at the very end? 
movies is magic. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's like, in order to play up the inevitability, there was like a Deus Ex Machina type of deal where he just uh, he just appeared and nope. And the gods, a.k.a. screenwriters and directors and everything, aren't going to let you have your happy ending because that's not what we want. Well, his his uh, his associates could have been tailed. Yeah, they could have been. But see, there's it still feels like you know the hand of God moving pieces into what fate has decreed type of thing. So that also was you know lent lended weight in my eyes to the ending. But yeah, there it is, great ending. All right. And just to follow up, Jack Nicholson has won three Oscars. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, supporting actor for Terms of Endearment. And I'm, it's either as for as good as it gets or about Schmidt. I'm confused at how it's shown here. But he won for one, I won't say not too long ago, but that's already 20 years ago. So Yeah. Um, he didn't win. In, what about Schmidt? What was, what was the movie he did with Adam Sandler? Anger Management? Yeah, did he yeah, win an Oscar yeah. for that one? No, yeah. but he's been nominated for like a few good men, yep. Ironweed, Prizzy's Honor, Reds, Easy Rider, Chinatown, The Last Detail, Five Easy Pieces. See, I haven't even. These are all early seventies movies. I haven't heard. Of so, so but. Prizzy's Honor was directed by John Huston. There you go. Mm. All right, that wraps up our list. Any honorable mentions or no? Uh, just like Alex said, uh, one of the all-time. Iconic movie lines. Yeah. The very end. I still don't know exactly what it means, but whatever. Probably referencing to some other bullshit thing that happened to him in Chinatown. Right. It's like, you can't do anything about it. It's Chinatown. Gotcha. I got that far with it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That's as far as you need to go. All right, sounds good. Let's rate it. On a scale of one to seven, one being... The worst movie you've ever seen, seven being perfect. Scott. Uh, this is tough. Uh, uh, yeah. I agonize over this stuff. Uh, it sounds like Alex said something. You were just mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just getting it out of the way. Uh, so, again, this is this classic film noir. Um, and it kind of, I, I don't know, reinvents not the right word, but... Uh, it's definitely a very different take on the on the detective uh, again noir, um, even if it follows a lot of the same beats and setting. Um, and the whole the whole film is very meticulously crafted, and it's a very slow burn uh, for for a big payoff. Uh, but then again, again, just a couple of those missteps, especially the, the way they treat women in this movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a six. Oh, that for a six? All right. I give it a six as well. <laughs> and that's all you have um, to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were going to give it a lower score, so that's why I was surprised you should give it a six. Um, I, I will judge older movies differently just because they are a little bit slower, but this is I've said this is my third or fourth time watching it. I enjoy it every time. I've had nothing really... A good thing to say about it, except for the things that don't go in our culture anymore. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, easy six. I wouldn't give it a seven just because I. There's other movies I put way ahead of this just because they're more my style. But six, easy for me. Alex. Yep. Same. Six. 
Uh, pretty much the same reasons you got, Jeff. All right. So, so I probably it was it was entertaining from beginning to end. It was even though it was a slow burn. So, uh, yeah, it didn't really bore me like some other movies we've done. Did did we did we do L.A. Confidential when we were rating the movies? I don't think we've ever done it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I've never seen. No, it. we we absolutely did L.A. Confidential, but I think it might have been before we started rating. I was going to say I don't know that I would rate this higher, but I would. <laughs> it's that weird, that weird place where I think I enjoy L.A. Confidential more, <laughs> but I don't necessarily think it's a better movie. That that weird. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I get what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Well, what's our crossover list? And I think you're wrong, Scott. I don't think you've ever done it, so you might want to add it to your list. I'm 100 percent sure we did it. All right. We'll see. Uh, anyways, uh, so our our list, our crossover list today is. Uh, top five detectives um, in in pop culture, as you will, movies, film, movies and film, uh, television. Uh, perhaps, yeah, perhaps somebody. I, I was going to say, perhaps someone has something from a video game. I do. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start. Uh, we we mentioned all these these uh, amazing actors starting to phone it in after a while. Uh, so my number five kind of hits on this, uh, but that would be uh, Vincent Hanna. From Heat, from the masterpiece that is Heat, uh, Al Pacino, uh, chewing on yeah. scenery, uh, but so much fun to watch. Uh, the give me what you got. <laughs> give me what you got. Don't waste my motherfucking time. <laughs> She's got a great ass, and your head is right up it. Oh, oh. so. Uh, he's actually wow. in, in between chewing on scenery. He actually does some some pretty solid acting in that movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he definitely brings his 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 charisma and his presence to, to what's going on. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my number five, Vincent Hanna from from Heat. All right, well, you stole my number five. I have a list of like twelve here. So <laughs> yeah, that's too many. Yeah, some hard cuts, but. Heat's one of my favorite movies of all time, and he's badass in it. I just this first scene of him looking over the crime scene when they rob the armored truck is that's just this guy's awesome. I love it, and just goes on from there. So yes, Vincent Hanna, my number five, Alex. Oh, and by the way, we did do L.A. Confidential, so Scott's guarantee was correct. Do we rate it though? No, we have not rated it yet. Episode eighty-one aired June fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. Wow, that's like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott, Alex, fuck. Alex, my number five is from the Animatrix. It's one of the, the black and white animated vignette where there's... Not vignette! Not vignette! But uh, it's uh, kind of like a, it evokes a lot of the noir detective stuff, and it's detective, and uh, Trinity is the femme fatale, and he follows the trail up until he gets, spoiler alert, he get, he doesn't make it. Uh-huh. He doesn't have a happy ending, but he almost discovers, you know, the truth about the Matrix. It's a cool little short. It's one of the cooler ones. Might be my favorite. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about, but sounds interesting. Scott so put the Animatrix on my list. Uh, number, four. number four, and this is, yeah, this this was, usually, this, or sometimes these lists are hard to put together because we don't know, or at least I don't know what to put on here. This, there was an abundance uh, like like Jeff said, uh, so stuff's getting left off. But anyways, my number four is Frank Drebin. 
Yeah, yeah, that's nice. And, and even nice even 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 now, I'm like, I should have put him higher. But anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, the great Wesley Nielsen, one of the all-time comedic performances, as as Frank Drebin. Uh, <laughs> nice beaver. <laughs> Thanks, I just said it's that. <laughs> and if they didn't, who did? And where the hell was I? And just just him <laughs> delivering all those lines with a straight face. And, and, he, and this is where I say my midget of the <laughs> midget out of your own joke, but I won't do it this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I won't tell the, the bicycle joke either. But <laughs> uh, it's like eating a, sp- a spoonful of Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out, but it'll leave you feeling hollow inside. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that new one. Uh, yeah, just so good. And he actually does some detective work. I tried to I tried to put people on here that actually did some detective work. So, uh, Frank Jabin, number four. Nice. Well, that was my number four as well, but I can't copy you twice in a row. So I'm replacing it <laughs> with Axel Foley from the Beverly Hills. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. The bail day. Um, uh, I was actually just, no banana and no as soon as I thought about this, I realized we haven't done one of these yet. So I'll well one of these. We'll do the first one. So what do you mean one of these? A <laughs> yeah, Beverly Hills Cop movie? Yeah, but the first yeah. one. Um, I loved it. And it's and he's just awesome. And he just does his little. It's I gotta talk about the movie. Just anyway, Axel Foley, great. Mm-hmm. That goddamn Foley in here. <laughs> Angry Chief. Nope. Number, <laughs> my number four, Alex. My number four is from The Simpsons, and he was a guest character that kicked Chief Wiggum off the case when they uh, outlawed alcohol. Uh-huh. That's Rex Banner. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you steal the hooch? It's a blind, is a blind tiger sipping suds on the side? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I'll find you, Beer Baron. <laughs> no, you won't. Yes, I will. Won't. <laughs> Uh, it's so great, and he was yeah a caricature of all those old timey detective movies where they talk in the strange dialect and really fast <laughs> with all the slang from the thirties and forties. So good, played by uh, Dave Thomas. Dave Thompson. Actually, it was Robert yeah. Stack. What? No, it wasn't. <laughs> all right, it doesn't matter. Scott, number three. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, number three is uh, one of one of Jeff's favorites, uh, and that would be from Blade Runner. Harrison Ford, not the first time he's played a detective. Did not make my list. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, Deckard uh, from from both Blade Runner movies now. Uh, but mm-hmm. yes, him. Uh, so uh, again, <laughs> this is future LA, <laughs> uh, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, just not a lot of sun. Um, him tracking down the, the replicants, um, it just there, there's a coolness about him uh, that uh, you know. The last time Harrison Ford was cool, basically, was <laughs> was this? Uh, well, not quite, uh, but that same level of of kind of Han Solo swag going for him. Uh, anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. number three, Deckard. Blade Runner. That's good. Yeah, as much as I, I find that movie, I like it. I just don't like it as much as most people. He was good. Minus, minus, minus the, the fucking awful voiceovers. <laughs> you got to find the right version of the movie. You do. I heard that. Like I've heard that. A, you got to be a detective to get the right movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three is, I 
this might be higher in Scott's list. I'm not sure, but I am going to have to go with Eddie Valiant. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my first detective that I knew of, besides I guess reading young like like Sherlock Holmes stories as a kid or whatever. But um, yeah, Eddie Valiant. He, he rescues tunes. He helps him out. We've done a whole episode of Roger yeah. Rabbit, so I won't go into the details. But Eddie Valiant from Roger Rabbit. Alex. My number three, and maybe this guy's on your list, Jeff, is Al Bundy when he was a detective and he tried to solve that murder mystery in the house. <laughs> it is not, but I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that episode was great, and it was all a dream. And that was L.A. House, well, Chicago Noir. Yeah. Who touched my breast? <laughs> Oh, that was me. <laughs> she really did put the bump at the bump, your bump. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, nice one. Mm-hmm. I, since I had so many legitimate ones, I did. I took my that off. <laughs> I, I knew you guys were going to have legit ones, so I did all the joke ones. All right, Scott, number two. Uh, number two, uh, Eddie Valiant. Uh, Bob Hoskins, one of the underrated performances of all time. Not only is he is he great just as the character, but having to act opposite all the the cartoons and all the other weird stuff going on um, is is fantastic, and the accent is amazing considering he has like a hardcore Cockney accent, yeah, uh, or he did. Uh, anyways, Eddie Valiant, number two, R.I.P. Yeah. All right, my number two, and it's funny because I've actually been watching some reruns of this lately. Uh, Magnum PI. Co- it's got it's combo. It's Agents Mulder and D- Scully. I was going to say Fox Mulder dated Scully, but I fucked up. So anyway, Mulder and Scully, X-Files, <laughs> goddamn best detectives ever when it comes to situ with aliens and ghosts and chupacabras. Chupacabras. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's a hex chupacabras. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two is from a video game, and this is one of the best games I've ever played. Bioshock Infinite and Booker DeWitt, the main character. Uh, a lot of people think that this story's uh, the story in this game is very convoluted and hard to follow, but those people probably haven't played a lot of JRPGs and watched anime, so I had no problem following. Or it played a Metal Gear game. game. Yeah, or that. But yeah, Booker do it. A lot of layers to this game. I like it. Go play it, people. Wait, wasn't there a detective game like a series? There's a few of those. Uh... Yeah, there's Professor Layton. He's kind of a detective. Uh, There's like like the Gabriel Knight stuff. There's a broken sword or something like that. Heavy rain. None of those are sounding familiar, so maybe I'm just thinking of Uh, Grim Grim Fandango was about a detective. Yeah, L.A. Noir. Sam and Max. Yeah. Oh, maybe Sam and Max is what I was thinking. Sam and Max hit the road. One of the all-time greats. I think that's what I was thinking of. Okay. A bear and a rabbit. Dog. I think that's what it was. Yeah, dog and a rabbit. Oh, sorry. Anyways. All right, number one. Scott, let's hear it. Number one, uh, this is cheating. Well, it's not cheating, but it it's almost too easy that I almost didn't put it on the list. But he is the world's greatest detective, and that would be Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. damn right enough, it is number one. Enough said. Woo! Enough said. People forget sometimes that, like, with all the Christian Bale movies and, and Batfleck, and he's actually a fucking detective. Like <laughs> that was his yeah. thing was like figuring shit out and then beating ass, not just going mm-hmm. straight to the beating ass part. <laughs> and then forensically putting their bones back together. Yeah. 
<laughs> or no, when people find me, they just get really sleepy. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, Batman, world's greatest detective. It's from DC. It's in the name, Detective Comics. Oh, Glavin! Good Glavin, child. <laughs> uh, my number one is Batman as well. He's the world's big. Everything Scott said. I the best description I ever heard was from some comics guy. He said he's the the world's greatest detective who also happens to be the world's greatest athlete. <laughs> and there yeah. you go. That's Batman. Mm-hmm. He does not have superpowers. He's just super smart and super athletic. I saw some animated one where he goes back to like London, or maybe it was just a one-off on one of the one of the Wonder Brothers shows. But he meets Sherlock Holmes and is basically like way better at it than Sherlock Holmes. Did he go back in time, or is it uh, Gotham by Gaslight? I think he went back in time. Oh, okay. Gotham by Gaslight's pretty rad, by the way. If anybody hasn't seen it, I haven't seen it yet. It's worth a watch. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Batman, yeah, the the new movies don't, none of the movies really show that much detective work, but if you play the Arkham Knight games, they do introduce it there, and uh, in the comics and stuff, too, so. Batman, number That's one. That's a good way to Alex. segue into next week. Yeah, or two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, Detective Egghart from uh, Batman. Oh, come on. No, he isn't. <laughs> no, th- uh, this show really made a, a huge impression on me. Uh, very strong female lead, and, uh, Great villain in the first season, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. It really, yeah, really blew my expectations for uh, what a TV show and a detective show could be. So it was pretty awesome. Very nice. Honorable mention for me. She got pushed out, but um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Okay. Uh, Honorable mentions uh, for me. uh, Sherlock, the... Yep. A Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> version of Sherlock. Uh, Riggs, Murtaugh. Yep. And uh, one you guys probably don't have on here. Uh, there's, a, there's a movie I, def- I definitely want to do on the podcast at one point. Uh, called- if you're going to say The Head Detective, yes, that's on my <laughs> list. Uh, no. uh, I was, yeah. was going to say, uh, there was this, I think it was made for HBO at the time. Like it was, It's called Cast a Deadly Spell. Um, back in the '90s, uh, starred Fred Ward. Um, it's a it's a great little movie. Bird's brother, and he yeah, he plays a. This is another one that takes place in L.A. with the backdrop of Cthulhu, but it takes place in L.A. <laughs> nice, Fred Ward. Nice. All right, uh, I had almost all those except I also added. I did have the head detective from <laughs> in Living <laughs> Color. I had Ace Ventura, and. Well, Frank Drebin dropped to my honorable mention. So he, doesn't, he doesn't do humans. <laughs> and, oh, and I didn't have Al Bunny, but I had Bookman from Seinfeld. Oh, book yeah. <laughs> Bookman. <laughs> all right. Alex, do you have any or no? Uh, nope. Those are all great. All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Oh, I guess you could add Archer for that one season, oh. right? Detective Agent. Yeah, Dreamland. Yeah. Well, it's a fantasy football season again. Okay. And uh, ESPN has got you covered because they have a sheet where you can cheat. And they show you how to cheat at fantasy football. Oh, do tell. Yeah. I guess you just don't draft uh, Eric Carabells. Okay. Don't draft that guy, whoever he is. All right. Uh, nobody knows him, so probably you shouldn't draft him anyways. You probably shouldn't draft him because he's not a football player, but go ahead. Yeah. 
<laughs> be a bad pick then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you should draft is uh, co- your cousins, just whichever one. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. 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 Any of them. Any of your cousins. So there's there's Alex's uh, cheat sheets for. Uh, well, we're gonna win the fantasy foosball. Yep. Alex, do you know what fantasy football is or no? Yeah, I've auto-picked a couple guys before. <laughs> okay. That's right. We had those old leagues back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right. It's time for Neam News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. Uh, just a couple of quick reviews here. Uh, I picked be Rich the... Gannon for my fantasy football team just because it reminded me of Gannon. From Gan- Ganondorf? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's, it's going to be tough to get points, but I, appreciate, I, I admire the, the gumption there. Uh, so... Uh, Disenchanted came out on Netflix. Um, it's I've only seen the first episode. It's good. <laughs> so I was, so I watched the first couple really of episodes. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I feel like it has not hit its stride yet. Uh, if it ever does, I remember Futurama taking a few episodes to hit its stride. But the thing, yeah. the thing with, with 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 saying that though is it's it's already in the can. Like <laughs> it's not like they're gonna adjust stuff <laughs> in the show based on you know what any feedback uh but I, I suppose live action would go the same way they would film before it you know got sent to the to the masses uh, but that said i enjoyed it uh the animation's actually a big step up from yeah, um really from, from futurama well most futurama definitely the simpsons uh yeah like the, the art's actually pretty great um even if it's if it's got graining stamped all over it i don't like how the 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 elf character basically looks exactly like bart like, oh, I didn't get that at all. You like looks so like I, I had no idea what you guys were talking about. I looked it up, and I'm like, "What is this? A Simpsons type thing?" <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so just for anybody that might happen to be unaware, uh, like Jeff, uh, this is the the new Matt Groening sponsored show. I don't know how much you know he has to do with it, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's got it, it's got David X Cohen working on it though, who basically yeah. Futurama was was that guy. But uh, yeah, this is the. The medieval slash fantasy uh, take on 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 Matt Groening's uh, humor universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and it centers around a, a princess who <laughs> who doesn't want to be a princess, basically, and then uh, she gets cursed. Yeah, typically, tip more the humor is definitely more in line with Futurama, just like outlandish shit happening happening constantly. Um, but instead of science, it's magic. Uh, hey, so you said it's on Netflix? Yeah. And it's doing one episode at a time? No, I only watched a couple episodes. I don't know how many there yeah. are. Do you know, Alex? I think there is 12. There are 12? Okay. I'm going to okay. try and space it out and watch only one a week just to, like, savor it because that first episode was so good. I loved it. It, it did, you know, it did make me laugh out loud at points, uh, which says a lot for, for, any, yeah. for any TV show. Uh, jaded old men we are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I imagine I'll eventually uh, watch the the rest of it. Uh, so that's that's one thing I want to talk about. Um, and yes, uh, like Alex and I both recommend it. Uh, so the the other thing is I finally finished up uh, on again on Netflix, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield, uh, the fourth season. Uh, I didn't even know there was a fifth season, and there is. Uh, and I guess news just came out recently that there's going to be a sixth. And I'm glad for it because overall I've I've enjoyed the series. Um, I I haven't hate watched it the way Jeff watches uh, Gotham. Is it Arrow? Woo! Gotham. Uh, but that said, I I kind of get it though. Uh, 
sometimes you have to get through some not great stuff to get through some some really entertaining stuff that the show's managed to produce. Uh, but yeah, fourth season uh, is, it was kind of a split. Uh, I won't spoil the second half if anybody winds up watching it, but the, the first half was like the Ghost Rider arc. Um, and, oh, yeah. And the, prob- the, the, the problem is, is I, I was watching that fresh off of Punisher, and uh, it was it's network television, like primetime network television, so you can't get too violent with that. And they basically tried to make Ghost Rider like the Punisher, where he's just going around killing people. Um, and that was like the first half of the, or the first arc of the, the season. Uh, but overall, it was, it was, it was still fun. Um, still Marvel. Like, I've, I've kind of grown to enjoy all the characters. Uh, Clark Gregg as Coulson, uh, is, is still very fun. Um, even what? He's alive? <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, so that's actually a big part of the plot. Uh, yeah, that, so I'm done with four. I started five. Uh, the fifth season definitely, <laughs> I don't want to say jumps the shark, but, uh, it goes out there, but I wonder if the fifth season is going to tie into Captain Marvel. Perhaps we mm. will see. Uh, so yeah, that's that's basically all I wanted to mention. Uh, Alex, was there anything you wanted to talk about? No, just disenchanted. Okay. It's great. Okay, Jeff. Um, no, not really. I've been super busy lately, so I haven't seen anything new. When I have been watching stuff, I've been watching old reruns of X Files and Battlestar. What's a Galactica. rerun? So, not rerun. I've been watching Netflix or Hulu or one of them things, but nothing new for me. I'm falling behind on all my shit. I literally, I, the last line I heard before we recorded was, "Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown." Literally, I didn't even see the credits, so <laughs> I'm falling behind on everything. Hence the reason I asked to push it back 15 minutes. That was cut and close. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Nothing. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>